Part One, Chapter Sixteen of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Sixteen. It was long since Rostov had experienced any such delight from music as he did that night, but as soon as Natasha had finished her baccarola, the grim reality again came back to him. Without saying a word to anyone, he left the room and went up to his own chamber. Within a quarter of an hour the old count came in from the club, gay and satisfied. Nikolai, finding that he had come, went to his room. "'Well, have you been having a pleasant day?' asked Ilya Andreitch, smiling gaily and proudly at his son. Nikolai wanted to say yes, but he found it impossible. It was as much as he could do to keep from bursting into tears. The count began to puff at his pipe, and did not perceive his son's state of mind. Ugh. It can't be avoided, said Nikolai to himself, for the first and last time. And suddenly, in a negligent tone which seemed to himself utterly shameful, he said to his father, just as though he were asking for the carriage to drive down town, Papa, I have come to speak to you about business. I had forgotten all about it. I need some money. What's that? said the father, who had come home in a particularly good-natured frame of mind. I told you that you wouldn't have enough. Do you need much? ever so much said nikolai reddening and with a stupid careless smile which it was long before he could pardon himself for i have been losing a little that is considerable i might say a great deal forty-three thousand what to whom you are joking cried the count flushing just as elderly men are apt to flush with an apoplectic rush of blood colouring his neck and the back of his head I promised to pay it tomorrow, continued Nikolai. Well, said the old count, spreading his hands and falling helplessly back on the sofa. What's to be done? It's what might happen to anyone, said the son in a free and easy tone of banter, while all the time in his heart he was calling himself a worthless coward who could not atone by his whole life for such a thing. He felt an impulse to kiss his father's hand, to fall on his knees and beg his forgiveness, but still he assured his father in that careless and even coarse tone that this was a thing liable to happen to any one. Count Ilya Andreitch dropped his eyes when he heard his son's words, and fidgeted about, as though he were trying to find something. "'Yes, yes,' he murmured. "'It'll be hard work, I am afraid. Hard work to raise so much. It happens to everyone, yes. Yes, it happens to everyone. And the Count—' with a feeling glance at his son's face, started to leave the room. Nikolai was prepared for a refusal, but he had never expected this. "'Papenka! Papenka!' he cried, hastening after him with a sob. "'Forgive me!' And seizing his father's hand, he pressed it to his lips and burst into tears. While father and son were having this conversation, a no less important confession was taking place between the mother and daughter— Natasha, in great excitement, had run in where her mother was. "'Mamma! Mamma! He has done it!' "'Done what?' "'He has done it! He has made me an offer, Mamma! Mamma! she cried. The countess did not believe her ears. Denisov made a proposal. To whom? To this little chit of a Natasha, who only a short time since was playing with her dolls, and even now was only a schoolgirl. "'Natasha! Come now!' "'No nonsense,' said she, still hoping that it was a joke. 
why do you say nonsense i tell you just as it is said tasha indignantly i came to ask you what i should do about it and you call it nonsense the countess shrugged her shoulders if it is true that monsieur denisof has made you an offer then tell him that he is a fool and that's all there is of it no he's not a fool replied natasha in a grave and offended tone well then what do you wish it seems to me that these days all of you are falling in love well if you love him then marry him exclaimed the countess with an angry laugh good luck to you no mamma i'm not in love with him it can't be that i am well then go and tell him so mamma are you annoyed don't be annoyed sweetheart now we're in i should like to know was i to blame no but what do you wish my dear shall i go and tell him asked the countess smiling certainly not i will answer him myself only tell me what to say everything comes so easy to you she added with an answering smile and if you had only seen how he said it to me for do you know i am sure that he did not mean to say it but it came out accidentally well it behooves you at all events to refuse him no not refuse him i feel so sorry for him he is such a nice man well then accept his proposal indeed it is time you were married exclaimed her mother in a sharp derisive tone no mamma i pity him so i don't know how to tell him well then if you can't find anything to say i myself will go and speak with him said the countess stirred to the soul that any one should dare to look upon her little natasha as already grown up no not for anything i will tell him myself and you may listen at the door and natasha started to run through the drawing-room into the music-room where denisof was still sitting on the same chair by the harpsichord with his face in his hands he sprang up the moment he heard her light steps natalie he said going toward her with quick steps decide my fate it is in your hands vasily dmitrich i am so sorry for you oh but you are so splendid no it cannot be it is but i shall always always love you denisof bent over her hand and she heard strange sounds which she could not understand she kissed him on his dark curly disordered hair at this instant was heard the hurried rustle of the countess's dress she came toward them vasily dmitrich i thank you for the honor said the countess in a troubled tone of voice which seemed to denisof to be stern but my daughter is so young and i should have thought that you as a friend of my son's would have addressed me first in that case you might not have forced me to such an unavoidable refusal countess said denisof with downcast eyes and a guilty look and vainly trying to stammer something more natasha could not look with any composure upon him it was so pitiable to see him she began to sob aloud countess i have done wrong at last he managed to articulate in a broken voice but pray believe me i adore your daughter and all your family and would gladly sacrifice my life twice over for you he looked up at the countess and seeing her stern face well good-bye countess he added and kissing her hand and not even looking at natasha he left the room with quick resolute steps rostov spent the next day with denisof who would not hear to staying any longer in moscow 
all his moscow friends gave him a send-off with the aid of the gypsies and he had no recollection of how he was packed into his sledge or how he rode the first three stages after denisof's departure rostof spent a fortnight longer at home waiting for the money which the old count was unable to raise at such short notice he did not leave the house and spent most of the time with the girls sonya was more affectionate and devoted to him than ever it seemed as if she were anxious to show him that his gambling losses were quite an exploit for which she could only love him all the more but nikolai now felt that he was unworthy of her he filled the girls albums with verses and music and at last toward the end of november after paying over forty-three thousand roubles and receiving dolokhof's receipt for it he started away without taking leave of any of his acquaintances to rejoin his regiment which was now in poland End of chapter 16 and end of part 1